Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm the president of Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and we're located in Riverside. We are a fiduciary. If you want to know more about what a fiduciary is, you know, we are certified financial planners. There's four of us in our office that are certified. We also have an attorney. And you should go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. There go down, go down through the website and determine you can click on various things and it'll tell you what a fiduciary is and why it's important that you do business with a fiduciary and somebody who has the experience and the depth of knowledge to help you navigate through these times. Now, every week what I do is I, I divide my program into three parts. The first part is retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today in retirement update, we have had such tremendous volatility. And of course, it all happened all within that first quarter this year. And the market volatility, what it did is it caused people to question their allocations. So the wild ride that we had beginning in basically February and happening in March, it, it, is a, it was a unique event. It happens not often, but it does happen from time to time. And I talked about this in a previous program. People have this bias that it's the end of their financial life, not the, not the event in their financial life. So they make decisions that absolutely terrorize their portfolios. Because they do not have a well-balanced portfolio and they don't know what their required rate of return is, how much money do they need to take out of their portfolio in order to sustain their life expectancy. And when we do a portfolio analysis, we do it for a period of age 100. Clients kind of laugh at me and I said, well, we have a good chance of having that money last for the rest of your life. I do have some clients, I had, I had a couple of clients that did live beyond age 100, but we use that as an analysis. So when we put down a life expectancy, we say our clients are gonna live to age 100 and if it's husband and wife, there is a really good chance that one of those spouses are going to be alive in their 90s. So the issue is, what, what rate, what, how much money should you take out of your portfolio? And you want to make your portfolio pension-like. In other words, what I'm saying is, if you were managing a pension for a large number of people, how would you structure your portfolio? What would you have in there? Obviously, you, if you're going to go for 30 years or longer, if, that years, if that's your expectation, then you have to have equities. Equities are going to give you a better return than bonds over the long haul. But also equities bring in volatility. 
So that's why you need to have a buffer assets. That's why when we talk to people about income, we ask them to delay the social security benefit as long as they possibly can. Some cases they can't, but in most cases, or I would say at least half the cases, I encourage people to wait until 70 before they start drawing their social security. You know, some people just say, no, I just don't want to wait that long. People have this expectation that they're going to die before they get the benefit. And the issue is they're thinking wrong because really what they want to look at is you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know what your life expectancy is. And you make conclusions and statements about that because you'll always go back and you say the history, maybe your parents, your grandparents, your brother, your sister, your aunts and uncles. But life expectancy today is completely different. So how much, what is a reasonable amount of money to take out? And if you set a set dollar amount or a set percentage, you're probably going to end up maybe falling short. So what we do is we look at, again, planning by the numbers, and then every year we update and we build in buffer assets. Sometimes those can be annuities. Sometimes they can be annuity-like type holdings that will even out the cash flow. Again, when we look at planning by the numbers, coming up with the required rate of return, we're looking at the concept of risk. We understand that risk is going to be part of your portfolio because there is no way that we're going to have a guarantee of what's going to happen 10 years from now, and we're going to know what that is today. We just don't. There isn't any. But we have historical track records. We have historical events that we can look at and try to come up with a structure in your portfolio that will last you for the rest of your life. So therefore, your withdrawal rate should not be set in in a set pattern. Now, the IRS comes out with required minimum distributions. And if you look at that, they just increased that, by the way, from 70 and a half to 72. So now you have to start taking out money. In the past, it was when you in the year you turned 70 and a half, but now it's the year in which you turned 72. So they increase it a little bit because they realize people are living longer and they're increasing it slightly. As, as the mortality rate of the general population continues to, to grow as the, get, you know, as, as, the, as the population ages. So therefore, what you wanna do is have your portfolio so that it can adapt. And don't lock into a traditional 3%, 4%, 5% and say, that's what I'm gonna take out. What you need to take a look at is what is your basic budget? What is the amount of money that you need to make And we have to take into account over the long haul. So when we look at that, we don't just set it and forget it. We look at it and analyze it every single year. So I always encourage my clients to spend conservatively, but also you have spending flexibility. Some of your assets, some of your bills are going to be things that you can't change, like your utility bills. You know, if you have a mortgage, whatever your mortgage costs, some of those things. But other things you have flexibility, like travel and gifts and things like that. But we want to reduce the volatility because we want to create buckets of money or monies that we can pull from. That's where a reverse mortgage for some people works really well because it creates another bucket of assets that we can tap into if we need it. But we also use buffer assets. So Social Security is a buffer asset. So if you delay your Social Security long enough, that Social Security benefit will last you longer and Social Security goes up with a cost of living adjustment. So we have that. Also, you can look like annuity, like either assets, either annuities themselves. There's been, I just talked about that a couple of weeks ago. 
Insurance companies have come up with some phenomenal products now. We're starting to see changes within that industry that makes it more investor friendly instead of insurance company friendly. So these are the things that we look at. And it's really important that you structure your portfolio, that it has flexibility because you're going to have to put money into equities and equities are going to be naturally subject to volatility. So you need to be able to withstand whatever the shocks are within a certain period of time, because over the long haul, it's going to benefit you if you understand how your portfolio construction is done. If you'd like to know more about what we do and how we do it, give me a call. My phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as tactical asset management. You know, there's an article in a newspaper. In fact, what is the date on this? This is back in June, earlier this year, the latter part of June, first part of July. And the, in the, in the, the analyst, he said, model support case stocks are undervalued. The same author of this just wrote one here in August 19th. So we're talking you know, about a month and a half later. And he says, market is exuberant, but it's no bubble. Now, again, it, it depends upon what you're in. There are some stocks that we think are clearly at the very top end of their value. In fact, some cases may be overvalued. And there seems to be some kind of enthusiasm that is blind. But the things that's driving stocks, I mean, this is the thing that you have to be aware of, is that when stock prices climb to these, these prices that they're at right now, like Apple and and Netflix and Nvidia and Tesla and some of these others that have just climbed to really levels that that kind of are almost nosebleed levels, are they overvalued? And a lot of the a lot of the analysis coming back says it is all related to the underlying cost of money. People are borrowing. Companies, large corporations, are borrowing at phenomenally low rates, and they are they're locking in let's say like below 2% for the next 20, 30 years. Corporations that have a lot of cash, that have a balance sheet that can justify it are borrowing money at phenomenal rates. But what that does, that gives them a cost of capital that is far below what the normal cost would be in other times. This is all kind of factored into what's going on with the stock market climbing up out of its 
out of its volatility and its lows that happened back in March because the Federal Reserve has pumped a lot of money into the system. Now, again, my comments again is that if you're a saver, if you have a tradition of putting money in the bank and buying a certificate of deposit or trying to buy U.S. government securities, you're getting beaten up really badly because those interest rates are very low and they will remain low going forward. So if you have any instrument that is tied to uh, U.S. government securities, a lot of insurance products, universal life, annuities, some of these, they're tied to the cost of money. And the cost of money is being as low as it is, it's going to absolutely take away what your overall total return is. Now, the equities, you know, real estate values have climbed, stock values have climbed, anything that can be benefited by lower cost of money, of course, is going to continue to grow. And money is pouring in. You see that in the stock market. So the question is, is it overvalued? Well, again, it depends upon what you're talking about. You know, if you're looking at certain kinds of assets, like certain tech stocks, yeah, I would say that they're probably knocking on the door of being overvalued. Now, everybody does the comparison going back to 1999, 2000, 2008. Remember, 2008 was a, was a credit crisis, much like what happened in 29. The, the leverage was just completely out of line. What happened in, in 1999 and 2000 is that we had the internet stocks that just got completely out of value, and there was no understanding of what their work was. I mean, companies were coming on the internet and they were raising capital, literally millions of dollars, and they hadn't even had a, they didn't even know what they were doing. That's not happening right now. Companies are coming on, they're getting capital, and a lot of these companies are incubated in the private sector before they go to the public markets. So it's a different structure on how they're coming in. Now, I'm not saying that overvaluation doesn't occur, it does. But at the same point in time, we have a lot of things that are undervalued. For example, bank stocks are way undervalued because interest rates are affecting them. But a lot of manufacturing companies are undervalued. It, the, a lot of the run-up has happened with the high-tech you know, high stocks like Apple and, and, of course, Amazon and Tesla and some of these. They've really had a phenomenal impact upon the overall stock market. But there's a lot of stocks that are still, I mean, my goodness, if you look at the leisure industry, restaurants and travel and things like that, these, these stocks are still being hampered. You know, they, they, they're still going to come back, but the question is when. So there is good value, and we're starting to see a rotation out of these uh, highline or these headline stocks, and we're starting to see a rotation into underlying what we call value stocks. And not just the growth stocks, the momentum stocks, but more, again, to balance out the portfolio, we're starting to move some money into what we call these value stocks. Also, a lot of mid-cap and small-cap stocks are, are really still undervalued, and they have great potential. Now, the question is, will the market continue to rise going into this political environment? And I've had a lot of people talk to me about it and say, what do you think? What do you think? You know, if Trump doesn't get reelected, or if Biden not only takes the presidency, but you know, the Democrats take over, will all these regulations and high taxes and everything really destroy the economy? You know, the question is, nobody really knows. I mean, all you're doing is you're putting yourself all these threats out in front of you, and you're overly concerned about some event that we don't know anything about. I don't think Biden is going to have the mandate that a lot of people hope that he does. 
anybody who comes on, even if he comes into the office and takes over the presidency, there's going to be, if you look at Biden, he has always shifted his, you know, his political outlook based upon what's going to benefit him the best. And right now he's trying to get into office and he's embracing a lot of the left agenda. The question is how much will he do once he gets into office? Again, I don't, I don't know what the foregone conclusion is. I don't know if anybody knows for sure. Uh, I think the uh, Republican National Convention and the Democratic National Convention, it was very revealing based upon the planks and what they're trying to put together. You know, I, I think the crossover from Republicans to support Biden was, was really kind of an interesting perspective. But I'm also really interested in the stories and the speeches in the Republican National Convention. It gives a much uh, a more a broad-based, you know, they're talking about not only gender issues, but ethnicity. I like the fact that they're bringing in a lot of different people from various backgrounds, you know, immigration, immigrants, families, you know, uh, children of immigrants that have succeeded in America and the opportunity that America provides. Again, I don't think the world is going to turn upside down if Biden is elected the president in November. On the other hand, we have to have an eye on higher taxation and more regulation. The executive branch can increase regulation. I think that's for sure one of the things that Biden would do, and he doesn't need congressional support in order to do that. On the other hand, if Trump gets reelected but loses control of the Senate, he's going to be stymied also on what he can do for the next four years. So there's a lot of different outcomes, and I think it's too premature to set your standard or say we're going to guess, get out of the marketplace. I think that in any situation, a balanced portfolio is going to perform much better in the long run, but you have to have a case of understanding what volatility can do to offset the returns. And therefore, a portfolio must be structured in such a way that if the volatility starts to rise, you start to decrease, decrease the amount of exposure that you have to equities. Now we have that, we have that ability. If you go to our website and simply go down to the asset mark in Savos, you know, if you call me, I can walk you through that and show you what they do, the instruments they use in order to reduce the risk at levels of volatility. But you don't want to be premature. Again, knowing what your required rate of return is has a lot to do with how you structure your portfolio and how your portfolio will be sustained over the long haul. So don't be too concerned about overvaluation or undervaluation and make sure that you have a portfolio structure that is buying good quality stocks that pay good dividends and you're going to be fine over the long run. If you'd like to know more about what we do with our clients as far as helping them design and build a portfolio and oversee it for them, give me a call. My phone number is 951 684 7011. Stay tuned for my next section. I'm going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. 
Welcome back. This is the section of the program that I refer to as news you can use. This is an article that is published in the Wall Street Journal. This was in the August 18th journal edition. And the title of the article is China's CDC stumbled when it mattered most. Now, this article talks about China and they have a center of disease control, just like the United States does. In fact, they tried to mirror what the United States has done. But just to understand how their government works and how badly the response to the virus was, this article talks about it in detail. And it talks about George Gao. Now, George Gao heads up China's Center for Disease Control. And this man is nobody's fool. He's, he was trained in Oxford, and he also had his additional advanced degrees from Harvard. And he, he could have easily worked in the United States. He was an extremely bright individual, still is. And he set up the CDC. He's overseen it for China. And what this article reveals is that when the thing broke out, the government, not the CDC, but the government, the local government, kept it under wraps. They did not want the populace to know that they had an infection. And so this man heads up the CDC for China, and he was told literally 30 days after the outbreak. This is the head of the CDC for China. He doesn't know anything. That the, first, the first infection rate was around December 1st of last year, and he wasn't informed until the 29th of December when the thing was starting to break out. Come to find out that when we start to dig into it, China has a CDC budget of only $41 million. You compare that to the United States, we have $6.6 billion. You know, the number of people that are employed is 2,120 for China. You got a population that's in excess of a billion people. In the United States, we have almost 12,000 people in the CDC. So the difference between the the CDC as far as what country to what country, the United States, but China knew about this on December 1st. They knew that there was an outbreak. They knew there was a problem, but they kept the news quiet. And this is the problem. What I want you to see from this article is that it's not the people of China because they had it set up. It is the government of China that is absolutely controlling the information. And when you have an authoritarian government like China that wants to control what people know and hear and what they're what they have knowledge of, it actually has a the, the outcome is terrible. And what's happened is it's shattered the economies across the world because the central government wanted to control the information. It now knows that as this broke out, had the CDC in China been informed right at the onset they would have stopped it like they did with SARS. They would have been able to step in and take over and be able to control it right there in Wuhan. But instead, because the government didn't want to tell anybody, what happened is we had this complete, massive epidemic, pandemic that broke loose and now has affected all of us around the world. If you'd like to have a copy of this article, I'd be more than happy to send it out to you. China's CDC stumbled when it mattered most. Just give me a call at my office at 951-684-7011, or just simply go to my website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. I want you to be informed. I want you to know, be able to respond, to be able to think, 
and to have decision process. This is the whole point of knowledge. This is what I do this program for. Until next week, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.